getting to know the Hello. Uh, this is Mark Mans, and, and I'm here at the uh, QSO VSO 50th anniversary event with Greg Spinja. Very good. Welcome. Thank you. Work. Thank you for coming. Um, to start off, Greg, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, involvement with QSO or VSO? Sure. It actually started in uh, 1972. Okay. I was here at UBC, believe yeah. it or not, uh, doing a postdoc at the Department of Chemistry. Okay. And the crazy idea got into my head that I wanted to get off this conveyor belt that got me to that stage. Yeah. And I applied to QSO to see if uh, they had uh, any use for somebody with a chemistry background. Sure. They wanted education for their children. The usual uh, application procedure, of course, to quite a long time. Right. Eventually, I, I uh, got offered this position to teach like chemistry at a university college in Sierra Leone. It, wasn't doing it was a, a, a rural uh, institution and, um, specializing so in training agricultural graduates, mm -hmm. and uh, it had a major faculty of education. It was called Njala, N-J-A-L-A, Njala University College. Sierra Leone. So I was there from 1972 to 1973. I was there for one year only. The reason I didn't complete my two years was that the um, fellow who was the field staff officer for the CUSA program in Sierra Leone was leaving at the end of my first year, suggested that I apply for his position, which I did. I didn't get his position, but I was offered an alternative position to be field sub officer for the Nigeria program. Uh, there were four of us there. It was one of the major uh, QSA programs at the time. So in 1973, I went to, to work to, I moved to Nigeria, where I was until 1975. My, uh, would you like me to continue with my, my Ongoing Im that's, involvement that's with QSA, which continued several years after that. Or would you like well, just, just to break in? Yeah, let's just uh, in describe some of your experiences there first in uh, Sierra Leone. In Sierra Leone, and okay. Then, uh, uh, in sure, Nigeria. Sure. Uh, Sierra Leone at, at the time, uh, we're talking 1972, was uh, a place with a lot of hope. Really? Right? One of the reasons for this was that uh, in Freetown was Fura Bay College, which was one of the oldest uh, universities in sub-Saharan Africa. Okay. And the Sierra Leoneans were sort of, uh, had this idea, we're going to show the rest of uh, Africa how, how the post-colonial world should, uh, should evolve. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of hope, a lot of ambition. Um, and uh, yeah, well, that was the problem. I had a wonderful time there because I was in a rural setting education basically um, with uh, students who were in two areas that I was particularly interested in, agriculture and education. And it was an undergraduate uh, college only, so, so uh, it was a very, very positive experience uh, for me in Sierra Leone. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that in besides the atmosphere? Um, when personal relationships or anything from Sierra Leone that you can remember. The people were wonderful, yeah. you know, and uh, when I reflect back, it's, it's almost so impossible to believe that uh, 
a country with uh, those people could engage in an extended civil war for many years, uh, following that with the atrocities which uh, happened, of course. You know, we've all heard of them, of the cutting of arms and legs and, you know, and so on. So uh, it, it's the contrast between the hope and the ambition at the time, which I saw, and with the rather sad uh, history which right. followed and yeah. on. Now, of course, they're, from what I hear, so they're in the situation where there's, this is behind them and they're proceeding with, do what hopefully, a, a, a recovery. Have you ever been back to Sierra Leone? I have not been back to Sierra Leone, no, no. Of course, with, with you know, some of the returned volunteers, yes, um, but so many of the institutions that I was involved in have disappeared, essentially, as a result of the, of the conflict there. Uh, so then you went to work in Nigeria. So then I went to tell me the differences between Sierra Leone and Nigeria well, and, the, and the placement. Sure, so sure. Uh, Sierra Leone, of course, is a very small country. Right. You know, it had a couple of million population. Nigeria is the most populated country in Africa. I got there in 1973. And uh, if you remember the history, this was the, the, the first OPEC coup at the time happening, you know, the rise of oil prices. Nigeria, of course, was just becoming a major oil producer at the time. So uh, money was available. Money was flowing in the streets, if I can put it that way. Not quite, but I, I use that, uh, that metaphor to say one of the things they were doing was laying roads everywhere, you know, with the, with the resources that had recently become available. Um, so there were four of us who were running the, the CUSA program there. And it was, but at the time, the, the largest CUSA program anywhere. At its height, we had about 120 or so Canadians working in, in the field. Just in Nigeria. Just in Nigeria, okay? So, um, so you were in charge? You were one of four I was one of four in charge. Yes, there, there were two offices, one in Ibadan, the other one in Kaduna, and I was based in the Kaduna office. So responsible for, with a colleague of mine, for all of the northern minorities in all major so countries like Vietnam, what were your Korea, responsibilities Myanmar, in that uh, field as, as a field staff officer okay essentially we were uh, the field officers the were the link between the CUSA organization in Canada right. and the country in which I we mean, were uh, engaged in which we were working so at the time most of our, uh, our involvement was uh, in, in placing uh, technical assistance staff teachers, um, uh, some medical personnel, whatever it was, with government departments. And the large aspect of it was with the departments of education. We were do doing two things, uh, three things I should say, high school placements, teacher training college placements, and some higher institution uh, placements as well. So that was the, the major aspect. So my responsibility as field officer was to maintain those links with the local authorities, get from them the requests for what kinds of uh, cooperance volunteers they were, they were looking for, send these job descriptions to the head office in, um, in Ottawa. They then try to match the positions with people from their recruitment list. And once the people got to the field, then we were in charge of 
the orientation programs right. we gave to them, making sure that they were probably housed, uh, probably paid, probably looked at to deal with any uh, emergencies uh, which uh, which uh, arose due to the, uh, the personal counseling uh, where needed. And so, and so how long were you in Nigeria? I was in Nigeria for two years. Then came back and uh, was reintegrating into life back into Canada and was offered the, the opportunity to work with QSO on the Canadian side of the operation. So I became for two years the, uh, the regional recruiter for Southern Ontario, South, uh, South and uh, Southwestern Ontario. So it, my role there was essentially finding people on the, from the Canadian side to fill those positions. It's the reverse, if you want. You know, the, doing the Canadian end of things. There was also some development education work involved, some fundraising work involved in terms of raising essentially um, awareness in the Canadian public generally of what CUSA was, what CUSA did. But the largest part of it really was um, uh, getting people interested in possibly applying for CUSA. And it was very, um, it, it, it wasn't, you couldn't just go and pull somebody off the street. It was a matter of planting seeds, which at a certain point in the future hopefully would, uh, would sprout and, and, and it, you, you might then think of coming back to apply to CUSA. Positive example. I mean, uh, and then I, I see you a, also have spent time in Papua New Guinea. So after after two years in in, 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 in Toronto, the, uh, the the bug hit again. You know, as as, as happens. Uh, and uh, I, I applied again to QSO to be uh, to go overseas as a field officer again. Uh, and I uh, this time I was, uh, <laughs> and, I, I went and, to Papua New Guinea, which was also, which was at the time almost uh, becoming as large as the uh, as the Nigeria program, <laughs> and which eventually again had over a hundred Canadians working. There. So this is in the late. This, this would have been 1977 to 80. Was when I was, was when my, uh, my employment history with QSO uh, ended. Uh, Papua New Guinea was, of course, a you know, very different context, very different um, situation than, than Nigeria. It was a Melanesian culture, of course. It had the very strong Australian influence uh, over there as well. It had just recently decolonized you know, the Australian influences that was reducing there. Like I just so. came back from Nicaragua yesterday. Thinking back, so I spent a month those, in yes. all those different experiences. Are there any I enjoy anything that stand out in your mind? Of course. Uh, I mean, because you're just not good or yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, live in situations. You know, the, uh, one of one of the good things about the, this kind of 50th anniversary, if you want, it, it uh, sort of uh, gives us the impetus to reflect back and to think about what uh, what uh, happened. Um, certainly, for me, it was a. a, a as everybody, I'm sure, has told you, it was it was a very profound experience yeah. to 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 work overseas. The um, the, uh, the the thing that I regret is that uh, so much of the early promise did not uh, materialize right. in the way that we had hoped. I mean, people at the time remember we're talking about the development decade. It's going to be one decade. Then it became two decades. Then it's. It's now 50 years we're talking about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at, at the time we used to talk about working ourselves out of a job. You know, that 
was, right. the, that was the original yes, idea. You accomplish all your <laughs> goals. <laughs> how, naive, how, na- how naive were we? Right. Okay. Yeah. So obviously we've, um, we've, we've learned a lot in the, in, in the process. Uh, we've, we've, we've matured. And the, the, the continuing involvement that uh, I'm sure most uh, return volunteers have is, is at a different level. It's, it's, it's deeper, it's, uh, it's, it's more aware, obviously. But certainly the, um, uh, you know, one, one has to repeat what has been said so many times before, that, uh, that the increased awareness that it brought to, I don't know how many RVs there are now. It must be close to seven, eight thousand. I don't know what the number 15, is. I think 15, is it? Oh thousands. my God, that 15, many. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's combining QSO and VSO. All right. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm specifically referring yeah. to because it's it's a huge, huge number. And um, when I was still involved with QSO, and we used to talk about how do you evaluate the work of QSO. You can only do it by following up on what those 15,000 people have done, following their return to wherever their home is and and, and the work they have they have continued to do. Without assessing that, the, the picture would be incomplete, it seems and to of me. Course a placement is two years or, or less. Or so less now, yes. Um, yes. You know, they may only accomplish yes. very little in yes. that two years, yes. but the legacy that they leave behind exactly. the legacy and is, is what needs them. to be examined, which is for difficult. Sure, right? For sure, for sure. One of the, uh, you know, the, the mottos at the time, or the, you know, the posters used to have the, uh, the statement, which I'm sure is, is different now, but it used to say, involvement that lasts a lifetime. Right. You know? And it's, as we can see from yes. the, the group outside exactly. here, it's certainly, it certainly is that, involved. and a lot of people have continued to remain remain involved in some way. Right. Uh, frequently it's a very personal, direct involvement with possibly a very small activity somewhere or other right. in a community overseas. You know. Well, so, how about yourself talking about these, these types of involvement okay, since, uh, since, since uh, 1980, I guess? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah. Well, what do you do now? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm now retired, right. okay, but for many years after coming back, I did remain involved in, yeah. in international development work. Um, I worked for CEDA for a number of years, uh, from, uh, when was it, uh, 1982 to, uh, to 87, and then uh, after that, uh, I uh, worked for the International Development Research Center based in Ottawa for uh, a further uh, five years, so uh, so that that continued my involvement with CUSA. I, I at one point was on the CUSA board. You know, I've, I've been on the board of Pearson College and uh, outside uh, Victoria. You know, so, so there's been that kind of involvement. My uh, my my personal major interest has uh, continued to be the uh, the whole push for sustainability. Right for marrying environmental and developmental concerns. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm utterly and totally convinced that the Western development model is unsustainable and is leading us to disaster. And if we don't find some way of marrying social justice and environmental issues, we are screwed. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> I'll put that in. <laughs> Please put the <laughs> Great. Um, well, thank you.
thank you very much for your time, Greg. Uh, thank any you, Mark. final final comments? Uh, no, I think like I think I think I've said it. I uh, I congratulate you for being involved as a, as a as a young man, thank and you. uh, it's it's uh, it's my hope that young people will continue to, to to be involved, notwithstanding the fact that the opportunities maybe now are not as many as they were when. I first got right, involved. Right. Yes, yeah, we don't have programs you know, of there, there, there were there were there were at, at the height of about twelve to thirteen hundred Canadians yeah, working yeah. overseas yeah. at any one time. Right. You know that was a large number. Um, but I think uh, everybody has to find their own way to to, to remain involved. Right. And even if the work that that is being done is here in Canada mm -hmm. or in some other northern or industrialized mm -hmm. country. It's important, the solidarity with uh, efforts of communities in, in the developing world to somehow uh, get access to the resources which will allow them to meet their potential. I think it's a huge thing. There's a lot that can be done in Canada. For sure, for sure. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you, Mark. I hope you enjoy the rest of the 50th anniversary. I'm sure I will. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, Mark. Okay.